Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady and Martin Paloma. Welcome into this edition of Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. I'm Neil McCrady, Martin Palomo off today, his uh, little girl sick. So he is at the doctor with her, and so it's just me flying solo, which uh, is kind of scary, I guess. But we'll we'll uh, we'll get through it together. Romero Miller, the former Ole Miss quarterback, I think one of the most influential former football players in the state of Mississippi. I don't think there's any debate about that. Is going to join us. Romero is now a uh, State Farm agent in uh, the North Mississippi area, so we'll talk to him. A little bit about that at some point, too. But we're going to talk a lot about what happened in our state here over the last several days as the Confederate flag, the state flag, is coming down. I guess it's already down. Tate Reeves, as we tape this on Tuesday morning, I'm not sure if he has signed the uh, the bill yet, but I think that's going to happen here very soon. It's a uh, the, the bill has been passed and is sitting on his desk, I guess, or is on his on its way to his desk to be signed. And Mississippi will no longer have that flag flying in the state, which I think we all generally agree is a great thing. So we'll talk to Romero about that in just a minute. Let me first tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and then uh, he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. Uh, you get your quote, and the rest is up to you. 662-257-1900. And don't forget Pinnacle Trust. They make this podcast happen. It's pintrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. They've uh, represented uh, in several states. They have clients in more than 20 states. They offer a ton of financial services, 401k services from a corporate standpoint as well. Pintrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. Mention that you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast, and you'll get 10% off your first year's fees. All right, uh, Ro, first, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Uh, no problem, man. Just thanks for having me. Um, I guess we'll start here just with kind of an overview. What were your emotions your thoughts on saturday and sunday is something that i know people have talked about for a long time in this state uh came to fruition on saturday and then formally on sunday and like, like i said it's just a matter of time now i'm sure it's organizing a ceremony and some of those things that's the only reason it's not signed yet but tate reeves has publicly said he's going to sign the, the bill and uh the bill will become law, and that means that the, the Confederate flag, which is the Confederate battle emblem, which is a big part of the state flag, that flag will no longer fly over your home state. How does how did that make you feel? You know, Neil, it made me feel good um, growing up in the state of Mississippi. Um, you know, I just I never thought I would see the day in my lifetime. Um, you just kind of reserved that, you know, this is this is how it's going to be. And, um, you know, as the debate started moving along, you know, I had a lot more people uh, this time. I don't remember the one 20 years ago. I was roughly 20 years old. I probably didn't even vote on it back then anyway, just because, you know, you're young, you're, you know, you're in college, finishing college type of deal. So 
I guess it, you know, I didn't, um, I know I didn't vote for it back then, but I had a lot of people coming up to me, um, you know, randomly friends say, you know what, I was on the other side of the fence back when we had to vote before. And um, this time right here, I definitely feel like it's time to make a change. So as it got closer, I started to, you know, feeling better and better about it. Um, but you're always kind of, kind of, kind of a little nervous, you know, um, being a Mississippi guy, I'm proud of the state. I love the state more than anything. And, you know, I, I said that on Twitter, you know, I've never bought a Mississippi State flag. And, um, you know, my parents never bought a Mississippi State flag. And uh, we're, we're proud we're proud of the state. But, you know, like I said, we just we want to see the state do better. And this is one thing that I'm looking forward to. Whenever we um, get a new flag, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to fly it uh, fly high as I can, you know. And I think that's great. I mean, th- th- to me, that, that speaks so loudly. Someone like you who grew up in the state and you were a high – profile athlete coming out of high school back at a time when I've always said this, you know, parade magazine, that was what? 1996. Yeah. 96. You know, parade magazine was a big deal. And you know, if you were a parade all American, that was a big deal. And you were, I think the, one of the first ones from Mississippi and, and uh, you know, obviously you being a, a, a black quarterback, from Mississippi who had all these offers to go to other places. And I think for the longest time, people thought there's no way he stays in the state. And then you stayed in the state. And I know when you did, there were a lot of people that praised you for it, but I'm I'm guessing Romero, there were a lot of people out there that were like, man, what are you doing? Well, I mean, you hit it all the time. I mean, Neil, I'm 40 now. And um, when I, when we go around and we talk and not only myself, um, the black alumni at Ole Miss, let me say that we always, people always asking, man, how'd you go to school there? And then, you know, we stand up and we defend the university. Um, you know, we have the stigma and stuff like that from back in the past, but I mean, it's a great university. They've done a lot of great things. We've moved forward and, you know, people on the outside don't see what they don't see. Only thing they see is sometimes see the past. And, um, you know, we're proud of the university. And um, like I said, we're proud of the state just knowing that uh, we finally here and was able to, you know, make this change on the flag. When you when you saw Kylan Hill, the Mississippi State running back, make the comments that he made where he said, hey, look, as long as that flag's up there, I'm not playing. Uh, what, what were your thoughts there? What were your, I, I, you know, he's he's in a, a similar spot to where you were in, I guess, what, you know, 17, 18, 19 years ago. What what were your thoughts when you saw that with Kylan? You know, man, it, it, it kind of, I was like, man, that's a major move for him to come out and make that comment. Then on the back side, on the, on the flip side, I'm like, man, if they don't change his flag, what is he going to do? And um, Deuce and I, and actually I, ta- I text Chase, and I told Chase, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see him being a team captain if you see some other Mississippi State player that say, you know what, we're going to sit out. By, and we're gonna, we may not transfer, but we may not play um, just to put more pressure on because he's a team captain. And, you know, on that team, he's well, well, well loved and well liked and, all it takes one guy to uh, step up and make a move like that, especially if you're a certain position on the team. And I could definitely see other guys following following him. So it was going to be interesting to see um, the, what what was going to happen with his with his teammate because I just feel like those guys they 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 close niche. They, and uh, I just feel I just feel, I just told Chase and I told Deuce um, I said, man, this is going to be one to watch. Now Deuce he thought differently. He's like, man, there's no way. But you know, I was just thinking, you know, there is a possibility. Because, uh, like I said, he's a team captain on that team. And guys usually follow the team captain, especially on a big issue like this in the state of Mississippi. 
You know, there's been, obviously, over the last, I'm not breaking any news to you, over the last month or so, I've, I've lost track in the pandemic of when things happened, honestly. And yeah. I think uh, George Floyd was, was murdered in, in Minneapolis in late May, I believe. And, and uh-huh. ever since then, there's been uh, a, a clarion call around the country. Uh, it's been about, uh, obviously, Black Lives Matter and racial equality and eliminating police brutality. Those have been... Uh, key social uh, conversations that have that have been happening over the last i guess that's what five weeks or so um, yeah. a, a lot of student athletes including guys at your alma mater at Ole miss have uh, have organized protests and marches and, and those kinds of things and as we get closer to the season what it, what is sort of your anticipation for how uh those players are are, are what is how do you anticipate them using that leverage and, and if you were advising them how would you advise them to use that leverage? <laughs> Ooh, man, that's a that's a tough one, man. I, I, I just have a feeling, you know, when the season starts, the guy's going to do what we go out and do. They're going to go out and play football. Um, right now is a time right now where they feel like they want to get their voices heard. And, um, you know, I support them in whatever they're doing and, and trying to make positive change. Let me say this right here. There's a way that you can do everything. And I feel like, I mean, they're doing it. Um, how we all want our kids and our young adults to grow up and be, you know. And um, I know some of the guys who are behind it because um, I've actually talked to them. And I, I'm, I'm proud to see that they organize, organize, organizing. And not only that, they just handling it in a manly manner. They actually handle it better than some of these adults that we got running around here. And, you know, they're just a testament to um, the guys that we have on the team, not only at Ole Miss, but some of these other schools also. Sure. Um, some, of the, some of the younger people are handling this deal um, a lot better than the, than the older group, and that's sad to say. I'm not surprised, though. As someone who has – I have a 19-year-old, and I have a 17-year-old, and so not only them, but I've obviously I've met all, a lot of their friends over the course of the last few years, and Campbell went off to school, and, and so I've met a bunch of her friends from the University of Arkansas. I think that generation – I catch myself defending them, Ro. I mean, people say, oh, you know, that, that generation's lazy or they're whatever. Nah, they're, yeah. they're different than we were. They, they've grown up with uh, social media as a part of every day of their lives. They have the ability to organize and communicate without being face-to-face. It's, it's something that they are used to. And in, in many ways, it's one of the reasons that in situations like this, they've been able to, amidst a, pand- a pandemic, when they – can't necessarily see one another physically they've been able to communicate and organize um very effectively because of of those skills that they're different than we were because well they're different than we were they they've grown up in a different time but uh i'm not surprised to see like guys like Ryder anderson and momo sonogo be able to organize uh successful peaceful uh powerful protest in oxford I'm frankly not surprised at all. Man, I tell you, the, the video that they came up with, man, was, I mean, I like that video. And um, I think somebody on the team actually um, did the writing for it. And um, like I said, it was, I mean, like I said to me, for a 20-something-year-old, um, they showed more um, maturity than I probably did at that time. But um, like I said, I mean, it's just, it just one of the things, it's just, it's just a beauty to see, man, when you can, when you can support uh, those guys and what they're doing. I'm in all kind of Facebook group chat, group texts and stuff like that with 
with former athletes, alumni from different universities throughout the SEC, and we always bragging on, you know, what our university is doing good and what our university is doing bad. And, you know, uh, anytime something goes goes good, especially at the university, I'm definitely going to be the one to, to spread the word about some something good that's happening at the university. So there was a, uh, a, major, a major deal for us being, as an alumni, you know, just to stand behind those guys and just watch it from afar and just kind of be amazed at what they're doing. So the the state flag is down. Uh, uh-huh. Ole Miss can and Mississippi State can host regionals again. They they can host SEC championship events in, in the Olympic sports track and and soccer and stuff like that. Uh, it's not going to stop there though. I don't think. Uh, I, I have an anticipation. This is somewhat educated that there's going to be a lot of discussion about the nickname Rebels at Ole Miss. You played at Ole Miss. Um, I, I think, based on things that you've said, you you've always kind of been proud of the word Rebels, because you 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 played for that, that team. If that right. if that subject comes up, if that topic comes up, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, um, you know, I just think about this. You know, when I go to, I travel a lot. That's one. That's my that's my it. I love to travel. Sure. And um, anytime somebody say, you know, where did you go to school at? I, you know, I say Ole Miss. Um, you know, I, I've never said the University of Mississippi. Well, I've, I've said the University of Mississippi, but um, in general, when somebody asks me, you know, what school you go to, is it's always Ole Miss Rebels. And, you know, I would think I was driving this morning thinking about it. I mean, they changed the Sears Tower name, um, I guess, oh, I don't even know, 15, 20 years ago yeah. to, the, to the Wilson Tower. And for me, every time I go to Chicago, I want to go see the Sears Tower. You know, so, you know, they can, they can, I, I ain't gonna say they can do whatever way they want to do, but if they change the name, um, it's still going to be old Miss to me. I just got to find somebody to make me a t-shirt so I can walk around in the Grove and uh, just, just show how proud I am of the university, you know? Yeah. I don't get the impression that the university is going to budge on Ole Miss. Right. Um, I do get the impression that there's some flexibility as it pertains to Rebels. Right. That it's two different things. That that Rebels is a little more difficult to defend than Ole Miss. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've, I've already, whether it's a preparation for an argument or whether there's just the nuance or whether it's just a conversation, from ha- having that conversation with people, different people there, that's the impression that I continuously get. That one is not – one is – one is a line drawn in the sand that, 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 that can't be passed, and the other is is a little more – little what's the worst word I'm looking for? There's a little more, uh, I guess, room to, to manipulate there. Yeah, I understand. Well, I, tell you, I mean, like I said, going forward, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm glad I'm not the one making those decisions, <laughs> you know, because um, whoever uh, whoever's making those decisions, um, they're going to make a lot of people happy or a lot of people mad. You know, even if you look at the state flag, I mean, half of the people love it, half of the people not, you know. So um, I guess that's why they're making the big bucks and they're in charge of making the big best, the best decisions and hopefully whatever they, they do is in the best interest of the universe and they help us move forward. Obviously, the other topic of conversation that's happening in as it pertains to college athletics right now is whether they can play uh, amidst a pandemic. Uh, as we record this, it's the last day of June. Most people will hear this on the first day of July. July is going to be an awfully big month for these schools, for, for conferences, for the SEC, uh-huh. for other conferences. That at some point, you have to make decisions. You have to make plans. You have to announce things. You've 
I know it's been a while since you played football, but in your in your opinion, can football be played amidst a pandemic? If you were if you were a young guy back today on one of these campuses, how comfortable would you or would you not feel about playing? Um, you know, Neil, um, somebody who's been around COVID, somebody close to me, um, they they had it, and um, I can only speak for Romero. I'm a I'm a little I'm a little nervous. But um, I know the guys, they're, they're 19, 20, 21, so I know they're ready to jump out there and get the plan. But um, I just I just wonder about the older generation of being able to go to the game and, you know, sit in stands or sit in stadiums or go to concerts and stuff like that. Um, I know we got to get back to normal because, Lord, I'm a business owner. <laughs> and, man, and I do not want to go through uh, another round of COVID that we went through here with the office ever again in my life. <laughs> but um, we kind of pushed through. But I know it, it, that's going to be a tough decision, whatever route they go. I know the guys, they want to go out there and play. But I just don't know how normal it's going to look, um, especially if we start seeing a second wave and stuff like that come. Um, like I said, I can't wait to get back to Oxford. I can't wait to get back in the Grove. But seem like it seems like the Grove is not going to be there for me. But you know, hopefully um, all this COVID stuff kind of died down just so we can get back to close to normal as we can get. Oh, from your mouth to God's ears. Are, are you comfortable going to a game as a fan? I, I, didn't, I didn't hit up a bar or two, but I just don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel comfortable being around a large group of people today. Um, I don't know if that's going to change for me in the next uh, you know, the two to three months. But as of today, I'm just not comfortable like that yet. Um, like I said, I had somebody around me that was close and they had it. And um, I just, let, let me say, they was older, but I just saw the way it beat them up and um, just kind of a little, just kind of a little timid. So I do get out. I'm not, I'm not in a house all the time, you know, just like, you know, just like everybody else. But um, I'm just, I'm just timid on going around 20, 30, 40,000 people um right now so let's just see let's just see hopefully these numbers scale back and uh we'll see what's going to happen here around the corner you you mentioned your business romero miller uh state farm it's at 7164 hacks cross road in olive branch how did the the initial shutdown impact you well here in my office um i had my my uh my employees they work from home so they was at home for roughly a month month and a half um, but we was able to work. One of my girls, everybody's here in the office now. One of my ladies, she's still at home. Um, she's a little bit more paranoid than every than the rest of my employees. So she has a uh, pretty large family, and so quite naturally, I'm going to look out for her. So she's still working from home. Everybody else here is in the office. Um, our doors open. We haven't broadcast to tell everybody that they open. But if somebody come into the office, we let them into the office and go go from there. Um. Back to the flag, kind of full circle. Obviously, the state of Mississippi has lost business. It has suffered a brain drain over the years because of the flag. Uh-huh. It, it, it appears that, I mean, obviously that flag's gone. They're going to fly a flag that will have no Confederate symbolism on it at all. That's a, a obstacle that the state has has erased. How do, how do, you, how do you anticipate uh, the state being able to grow sort of moving forward. What do you think the economic impact? I know the, the social impact is huge. I saw Medgar Evers' widow saying she she felt like uh, Medgar's, I think her, 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 she, she felt like she could feel 
his his wings clapping, his angel wings clapping. I mean, so you know, right. obviously, it's the the uh, the emotional impact is is can't be measured, but the financial impact. Do you anticipate this changing the uh, the approach of, of businesses like looking to come to looking to relocate, considering Mississippi among other states? Well, you know, Neil, I, I can tell you one thing that I do know. We know we know where we are, uh, where we stand nationally in certain areas as far as businesses and education and stuff like that. So we know where we stand with the flag. You know, my whole thing is, man, let's just see how it's going to be without. Um, I, I heard one of your interviews yesterday, and I think you were talking to Trey Lamar, yeah. and he was basically saying now he's in that seat and he can see the businesses and stuff say that they, they you know, they're open to coming into the state. So that's um, that's a uh, that's a major blessing, man, because, hey, man, I, I want to be number one in everything I do. Crap, I want to miss win a championship. And um, I know this flag is a major move as far as helping that. You know, and I want, you know, I want to go back to talking about the old Miss and the flag because I know you didn't ask me that, but I tell people is this, that state flag, um, even though, it's the state flag. When you come to Oxford and players see it, it's totally different. Um, that flag can be in Starkville. It can be in Southern Miss. But when those kids come through the Grove and they see it in the Grove, it's just it's totally different. Um, I just remember when we hosted kids back about 20 years ago. And I'm not going to say that flag stopped a lot of kids from coming. But when they go and then you have to explain stuff to them every single time, and then you got their parents say, I'm not letting my son come, even though they're on official visit, you know they're not coming because of stuff like that. So I'm just proud that now that, you know, we can hopefully just show something different so when the kids come on, they don't come looking for that flag. And you know, like me, every school going to tell those kids, when you go to Ole Miss, look for the flag. So when those kids come, the first thing they're looking for is that flag. And so that's why I say you, you can have that flag at Southern Miss. You can have it at Star, I mean, at Starville. It's just a different vibe when you see that flag in Oxford Bill, because of, you know, we used to have the, um, the real, you got what I'm saying, the real flag back in the day. So, uh, I'm just, I'm just, proud. I'm excited just for that reason myself as a football player because I've been in a, I've been with those kids, I've been with the parents and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, I've covered Ole Miss for a while. I, I've talked to coaches. I've had private conversations with with coaches where, you know, they lose out on a on a kid that they really wanted, and and sometimes it has nothing to do with that, and sometimes it does have something to do with that. Sometimes it's, you know, I've, I've said this before to people. And you can relate to this better than a lot of people, but it's even different now because the, every school today in, in the Power Five is invested. They yep. all have great facilities. They all have beautiful stadiums and great amenities and big fancy team rooms and big fancy locker rooms and maybe the stadium in Knoxville's bigger than the stadium in Oxford or, or whatnot. But for the most part, kids are coming from places like Shannon, Mississippi, and you yep. walk into, you, if you take a visit to Georgia and then you take a visit to Ole Miss and then you take a visit to Arkansas and then you take a visit to Tennessee, and I don't know, maybe you throw a wild card in and you take a visit to Oklahoma, the truth is they're all impressive. Yep. And so the kid walks out of those five visits kind of confused. And they all, they start, you start doing the pros and the cons and, hey, man, if you have one big con, you're out. Because yep. they're looking for a way to, to eliminate. And I've talked to coaches at, at Ole Miss, and they don't want to use that as an excuse because fans don't want to hear it. The fans right. don't want to hear that. Donors don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear that, you know. I mean, 
But the truth is, if you had a shot at, at finishing first, but it came down to your school and another school, and your school has this giant black eye, and the other school doesn't, nine times out of ten, you lose. Yep. And you know, man, I don't want people to think, oh, now the flag's gone, we're going to start recruiting top five classes every year. Lord have mercy, I wish we could. <laughs> but now we got one obstacle that it just, when you're bringing in kids, it just, it shouldn't be there anymore. And um, one, two, three kids a year, I can tell you, it does cost Ole Miss one or two to three kids per year every football recruiting class. And um, you never know who those one or two to three, uh, who they are. Um, it just, you know, when you have schools just drilling, drilling these messages in your head. And a lot of parents, yeah, I think a lot of parents that's in that 40 to 50 um, age group, you know, they have a negative connotation about the state of Mississippi. And then once, once you know, once they get on campus and the first thing they see is something like that, you know, it just kind of kind of tilt the ball in the other in the other direction, you know. So, like I said, I'm excited, man. Um, I know a lot of people in the state, they may not be, but just for Romero, um, and my family and my friends and my friends, and you get what I'm saying when I said my friends, <laughs> you got what I'm saying. Sure, of course. We, uh, we, uh, we're excited. We're excited about this one. That's what I, I think. That's why I think it's great. I think it's, uh, you take a symbol that is divisive and you eliminate it. And that's a unifying thing. Well, you know, Neil, just like I said, I mean, I'm born and raised in the state and has never thought about buying a state flag. I mean, just think about it. You got one segment of your one segment of your state just, and I'm not going to say all, but I would say 95 to 96% of the African-Americans in the state has never flown the state flag, you know. And, um, you know, now now we got a chance to uh, go pick a good one. Um, now, I hope the people in Jackson pick a good one. Now, don't have us walk around here with something ugly because I don't want to fly nothing ugly, but uh, I, hope, I hope they pick something beautiful that – that we all, as a state, we can we can stand behind and just be proud of. Yeah, no, I, I, it's why I think so many people around the state, and I'm, I'm not from Mississippi, but I've been here long enough to, I've made a lot of friends here, I've made a lot of roots here, and I could never fly that flag. I mean, I, and I'm a white guy, I'm a 50-year-old white guy, and I, don't, I can't fly that flag. I know what it stands for, and I, I, I can't I can't fly it, but. I ordered the hospitality flag the other day. I know it's not going to probably be the one. I like it. I think, <laughs> I think it's really cool. And and Lawrence Dennis came on my uh, on my podcast, and we had this really kind of a nuanced conversation about her grandfather's legacy. And her grandfather was a segregationist, and and yet, you know, two generations later, she has a completely different worldview, and 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 she wanted that flag taken down probably there were probably very few people happier than her on sunday a lot of she put a lot of work a lot of sweat equity into getting that flag down and and uh, i was she sent me a text i don't think she'd mind me saying this saying hey thanks for all you did and i'm like i didn't do anything you're the one that did a lot of stuff and i just for whatever reason that motivated me i ordered that flag and i'll fly it until until mississippi has a, another flag and i'm like you i hope they order i hope they come up with a good one because a lot of flags just out there are really ugly. And then there's some cool-looking flags. So you got an opportunity to have a cool flag. But regardless, it, it's going to be a flag that, that unifies. And that's always, right. a good, that's always a good thing. I mean, you know, everybody's not going to see the world the same way. And, and I, I think that's a positive that people come from different perspectives and have different political views and different, uh, you know, 
beliefs and things like that and, and can come together for a, a common goal, I always think that's a good thing. We, we don't need a collection of robots, I don't think. Well, you know, Neil, you know, I tell people all the time, man, we as Americans, we, we can't dialogue. We, ha- we can't have conversations anymore without getting people upset. And so, you know, people already, they're ready to jump on you anytime you disagree. So I've just been enjoying the dialogue and the conversation to listen to all sides of this deal like the last couple of weeks. I think I've won some people over. Some people tried to win me over. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it happened. But um, I just, you know, I just, just sit back and love just talking to people about certain situations. I want to see where they come from, vice versa. Hopefully they can see where I come from. And this has been interesting the last two to three weeks just to see the, the conversations inside of the state that we've had. I'm curious how many people do reach out to you. You obviously have a lot of friends. You're in business, all that stuff, right. your former player, all those things. How, how, how busy was your phone over the last couple of weeks? I got Because you, you tweeted something, and you were like, uh-oh, I got to get that down because I'm getting blown up. <laughs> and, and so I thought, I thought his phone's probably pretty busy these days. Well, you know, it's just kind of funny. Um, sometimes people just call me and just say, hey, Ro, I just want to talk to you about this. Or, Ro, I'm sorry. I'm like, whoa. But then you think about it. The first call, you don't think nothing about it. And then I'm like, man, you know, I had four calls today that I usually I usually don't get where people just want to talk, you know. And um, not even knowing, I guess, I guess you know, those are some of the conversations that was going on that I was having. And not only that, I mean, I'm in, I got group texts with other people and we talk about the same thing we're like man people just call and just talk and just want to talk and just want to hear your side of the story and not to be not to get upset but just to listen and just to see where everybody's come from and stuff like that so not only for me i think there's been a lot of conversations um around these around all topics that's going on now in today's world let me say that yeah and when it's dialogue I think it's great. That's the only way you can grow. It's the only way you can you can evolve your views, your your thoughts is by listening to other people and having a calm conversation. I I watch all the people like the, in the villages the other day and they're just screaming at each other and I'm like, "Man, nobody that there's no <laughs> Number 1, all you people are about to have a heart attack. <laughs> number 2, no that's that's not even quasi productive. I mean, you can, <laughs> you can you can have a conversation where you're like, "Ah, it's interesting. I never thought about it that way because I don't see it that way, you know?" And 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 that goes a lot of a lot of different well, not just a white black thing, but a, a generational thing, a, a political views, but you're right. We get when we get away from that and just turns into yelling matches. It, that's when I just I catch myself just kind of slithering into the corner. You know, I just I'm gone. That's it. Right. And, then, you know, even sometimes when you want to talk to somebody, just to get their opinion. You got to start out the first the first uh, sentence and have like a little judge. Like, OK, is he going to be civil or this could be one that's going to get amped up? <laughs> you know, so you always throw your little fish hook out there to see how how these dialogues are yeah. going to go. <laughs> And then you were like, okay, he's calm. Okay, now we can talk. Yeah. You dip that first toe into the water. <laughs> like, okay, let's, let's, let's get a feel. Nobody's just jumping right in. Um, yep. uh, I guess last couple of things here. I really appreciate your time. Um, you, you saw the, the two schools, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That's, that, that's been a, a rivalry that I know you, you were a part of. You played in some, some big egg bowls, one that I can think of that, that uh, is historic that went against you. And 
one that was pretty historic that that uh, went for you so you, i know you know a lot of people there when you saw the two schools kind of come together at the capitol the coaches messing with each other kiffin and leach two guys that are not from here they're not part of this rivalry yet at all and yet they know each other and like one another and kermit davis who i thought has ties to, who obviously has ties to both schools who i thought had a very compelling speech that he gave on, on uh, in the capitol kind of your thoughts about how all of this could maybe make the rivalry a, a, a one that we all can be a little more proud of than we've been able to be the last few years Man, I tell you, I think Coach Yo, she posted a picture of all the coaches in Jackson in the 80s. And I responded back. I said, man, if I was in that picture, that's like a teardropper. You know, that'll be one that I would really be proud of to hang on my wall. And, man, I probably would have caught a tear taking that photo. On the flip side, uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss still is a rivalry. And I got to get used to this Mike Leach and um, Lane Kiffin love affair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't want it to go back to where it was five to six years ago. But uh, this love affair, man, uh, it's, test, it's testing me right now. I'm, I'm playing, but I know those guys, they they friends, and I know they want to go out and compete and beat each other. But it's just a little different seeing Ole Miss coaches and Mississippi coaches so, uh, so jovial together, let me say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to see what it's like, and hopefully we'll get a chance. I do want to see what it's like after they've been involved in it a couple of times. It's it's the conversation that I'll never forget. Uh, Houston Nutt had been at Ole Miss a year. He was in his second year. And, you know, at Arkansas, he'd been in Arkansas for, I don't know, forever. And I think he was like eight and one against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And his first game, his first Egg Bowl as the Ole Miss coach was in Oxford. It was the blowout game where – I don't know, 45 to nothing maybe. It was an absolute mauling. Sylvester Croom's final game at Mississippi State where Jack Crystal said that the sonic drive of the game is is the one headed home. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was that game. And I remember that next year, Dan Mullen was at State, and uh, State wasn't particularly good, and Ole Miss was okay, and they just beaten LSU in that weird Les Miles caught game. And – Houston was just kind of super late. He was getting the questions about the Egg Bowl, and he was kind of blowing them off. And I remember people saying, hey, man, it's going to be a little different when you go down to Starkville wearing the Ole Miss stuff. And his response was kind of, I've been to Starkville. I've coached games at Starkville. Big damn deal. And he was like, yeah, it's going to be different when you're wearing Ole Miss stuff and not uh, the, the Razorback on your chest. It's going to be different. And he found out the hard way that that, that rivalry will – that rivalry will change your attitudes towards it uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, Nia, but right now we're just so different. Man, it just everything in college sports and my clock with, with sports right now is just so screwed up because of this COVID. Like, I've never – we here we are, we, you know, we're coming up on a month or two before guys report or whatever, and it's just so ho-hum, you know, because usually we would have spring ball and we would have an idea. Even today when somebody like, man, who you think going to be the quarterback? I'm like, man, I don't know because I've never seen Lane Kiffin offense before. You know, usually we would have some type of some type of something going on. But right now, even we would have these road trips where the coaches come around and talk to, to the alumni and stuff like that. And, man, this one right here is just, man, beyond unique. Oh, it's totally different. Um, I, I have people all the time saying, what do you think about this? And I, my, my stock answer has been just let's just have a season. <laughs> I just I just want to have a season. I've I've accepted that this season will look different. This season will feel different. Caroline, my daughter, who's about to be a senior at Oxford High School, was she's on the dance team and she sent a 
text in the family text a little while ago that was like, uh, apparently no pep rallies. And I'm like, baby, you just, you just got to hope for a season. You just need a season. Right. You don't worry about the pep rally. Have a season. Yeah, I know. Cause my wife, my wife, she's a teacher. And, um, I think Memphis, wait, Tennessee shut down or something like that for to August the 29th. So, um, I don't with that with that with that going on. I well, they got to stay at home to the 29th of August. So with that going on, I, I know school is pushed back, or if any, um, going around the corner for them. So everything like that, everything is turned upside down right now. Well, Romero, really appreciate the time very much. Thanks so much for being uh, with us. I wanted to get your perspective on what had happened in Mississippi, and it's a good time for all of us. I think it's kind of a time to celebrate a little bit and. Um, for a state that sometimes gets beat up on, that's a good thing that we get to celebrate for a little bit. Yeah, man, let's go outside and stick our chests out. We'd be proud right now. That's Romero Miller at Romero Miller State Farm. You can get in touch with him uh, in Olive Branch, 662-893-1212. That does it for this edition of Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Uh, I'm Neil McCready. We'll be back. Uh, uh, Martin will be back next week with something. I'm going to be out of town for a week. And then uh, we'll get back to you as a group in a couple of weeks. Until then, take care.